I'm Karen. And I'm Michelle. We're sisters. And homeschool moms. Welcome to the Layers of Learning podcast. Where we talk about family style homeschooling. Hi, this is Michelle. I'm here with Karen. Hi. We're at Karen's house. (laughs) And she just printed out the word work thing. We normally use it just online, but she printed out because we're going to talk about word work today. We get quite a few questions about word work from Layers of Learning families, so we just kind of wanted to answer some of those questions and give a quick overview of how word work works in our homeschools. So word work is spelling and vocabulary. It's just about words. And we start it with our kids when they're about six, first grade, and then go through clear through high school. Word work is one of the components of Writer's Workshop, but it's not one of the units that kids are writing about, but rather... It is just a constant component that you're using throughout the year to help your kids learn spelling and word roots and vocabulary and things like that. So you're thinking of it as a tool for your writers because they're going to be learning the words that they're using to write with. So we use word work every single day along with our actual writing practice. So we do word work and then we do writing. Yes, It's the daily little bit of practice. And word work is not a big percentage of our homeschool day. It's a quick little thing. We we spend 15 to 20 minutes probably. Yeah. Some days we spend less than that. It it kind of depends on how hard the words are for your kids. And because it's daily, it doesn't need to be long. It can depend on how many kids you have too. It takes longer to get through more kids than it does with fewer kids. True. True. But yeah. But overall, this shouldn't be something that is like, our writing lesson today is going to be word work. Yeah, you don't spend an hour on it. No. it's It should be pretty quick. This is just a little bit of practice learning words to help your writers out. So the first thing to know is spelling does matter. Some people will tell you it doesn't. It does matter because the entire purpose of writing is to communicate. And if you aren't communicating clearly then there's no point in writing in the first place. That doesn't mean that your kids have to spell every single word correctly and that you should red pen everything that they do. But in the long view, spelling does matter. Now, for some kids, spelling comes really naturally. Michelle, you and I were people who read a lot. And do you even remember spelling even being Spelling was always easy for me. I just feel like we knew how to spell from the time we were pretty little. Yeah, I had spelling tests in grade school and whatnot, but I don't think I ever even practiced my spelling once. I, I got 100% on every spelling test, I think. I mean, it, it just it was easy for me. And that my oldest son, it's easy for too, but all five of the younger ones, spelling has been a big challenge. I have kids that have been, you know, both ways. Some of them, spelling was a struggle. Some of them, spelling came really naturally, and I didn't even have to really think about to, teaching To tell them. the truth with my oldest son, I really didn't do spelling with him because he just, he simply did not need it. He just knew how to spell words. He knew how to spell words. I mean, occasionally, of course, everyone has some words that they're like, I don't know that one, and, and he did have to learn some. But, you know, the 99% of the things you write down every day all the time, he just could all do it from a very young age. Well, you and I write professionally and we do all of this all of the time and I still look up words on occasion. Yeah. Everyone looks up words on occasion. It's not like you're ever going to learn to spell every single word that exists. But simply the truth is that some kids won't need word work. It's just really natural to them and they get it. And other kids will need it all of the way through high school. It just depends yeah. on the kid. And that's that's my five younger ones. Right now I'm 
I'm homeschooling the three youngest of my children. The three older ones are adults and they have graduated from our homeschool. So I've got the three youngest ones. And two of those are high school age and they're still doing word work because they need it. They're they're not that great as spellers and so we're still doing it. Yeah, so it depends on your kids. This isn't going to be what every single kid needs. But in general, even my kids that were better spellers did word work when they were littler just because it's kind of that was the word work part of our homeschool day and it came pretty easily to them and they were done in no time but but it was just kind of what we did but for the ones who struggled I learned some things as they were learning to spell that really really helped and word work involved some of those things that I learned as I was teaching my struggling spellers especially so this is more designed for kids who don't spell naturally the ones who really do spell naturally often don't need much of a program or any program at all. But for your kids who struggle, word work can help a lot because it involves a lot of different parts of their body, a lot of repetition, a lot of games. A lot of different learning styles. Yeah. And so if your kids are struggling with it, you're probably going to find something in here that helps them. Spelling lessons from when I was in elementary school were very different than what we do in word work. What do you remember spelling being like, Michelle? On Monday, the teacher would read out a list of words one at a time. It was the pretest, and you would write them all down. All during the week, you would practice on your own at home, and on Friday, there was a spelling test. And the practice during the week was whatever you did at home on your own. There was We didn't have spelling lessons in the middle of the week. It was just Monday and Friday. That's mostly how... My experience was too, although we did sometimes have teachers who would say like, you have to write a sentence that includes each word or, you know, like they would give certain assignments, but yeah, I mean, maybe I don't really remember that. Mostly it was just learn the words yeah, and then come back and take the test. Yeah. Word work is really different than that. You could start out on Monday with the new list and then do activities throughout the week and then have a test at the end. But it doesn't even have to ever involve a spelling test if you don't want it to. It's just a process by which they're going to gradually and continually learn new words. And so it's it's up to you what the exact format is. But the important part that I want you to see in word work is that it involves different mechanisms for helping kids learn to spell. The first group of activities in the word work program is all written activities. And there are a lot of different ideas. And even though they're written, there's a big variety of, of they, things. And they, they still feel fun and hands-on. They're not just write the word. Yeah, quite a few of them are printables that are kind of spelling game type things. And you'll print out the printable and the kids practice their words throughout the course of the game or activity. Um, an example of that is one of the printables is called Red and Blue. And in it, they're going to write their words, but they're going to use either crayons or markers or colored pencils that are red and blue, and each consonant is written in blue, and each vowel is written in red. That's actually something that's really good for my kids. Some of my kids have a hard time hearing the vowels at all. I have one son in particular that used to write everything without any vowels. It was so hard to decipher what he was trying to write because he couldn't hear the vowels. And so once you pick out and show them these are the vowels and you – slowly sounded out with them and you've highlighted it because it's written in red. The vowels are written in red. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just effective. And they start to learn every syllable of a word requires a vowel. Yeah. You need to have a vowel in each syllable. If you're missing a vowel, then listen for it. 
look for that vowel sound. And so they begin to notice those yep. things about what, words. What it does is it slows down the whole process. It, it, it turns it from being one big word into a word with parts. Exactly. And it kind of slows it down and draws it out so they can hear it and see it and, and get all the pieces. Yeah. Another thing that the written exercises do in word work is it's a way to give repetitive practice without it feeling repetitive. Like, for example, one of the activities that my kids really like is roll and rainbow spelling. And that's one where they take a die and they roll the die. And then depending on their roll, they have to write the word that many times. And then there's a little key on the printable that shows what color they have to write it in. So, so like three times in yellow. Yes. If, if yeah. they roll, you know, a two, then they have to write their word twice in orange because that was the second color in the rainbow, you know. So it shows it yeah. on the printable how it all lines up. There is not another way that I could get them to write their words as many times except because they're doing roll and rainbow spelling and they rolled the die and they... It's a game and it's colorful. Yeah, yeah. It's easier for them to write it. Although they still lament when they get a six. They're like, no, I rolled a six. <laughs> you know, But it's all part of the fun. And so they do it and they write their words quickly and practice a lot of the repetition without it feeling like mom made me write the word six times. You know, yeah, it's just a good way to have repetition. So there are a lot of different written activities in Writer's Workshop. Um, not all of them, but most of them are the printables. A lot of them involve printables. So they're, they're pretty easy for your kids or you just to grab out and practice writing their words. The second section past the written ones are the manipulatives. And these are just any of the items that you have to have on hand to maneuver physically as they're spelling, like magnet letters. Yeah, my my kids, especially my youngest, he, I have four dyslexic kids, and they have trouble reading and writing, and all that that stuff doesn't compute easily in their brains. Their brains are just wired differently, and so my youngest son used manipulatives until he was about twelve. He didn't want to actually write the letters. It was like too much. It was too hard to do that and learn the word at the same time. So we used magnet letters for a long, long time because he would happily do it with magnet letters. It also made it so he didn't have to, re this, this kind of sounds, I don't know. He didn't have to remember the letter names, the letter shapes. They were sitting there in front of him. And yeah. if, if that makes sense, like it was hard for him to hear the sound, connect it to the shape of the letter, and write the letter. That was all... They're all each, different each skills. Each of those things was difficult for him to put together in one thing. And if he just had the all the letters sitting there lined up in front of him, he could pick out the right ones, and it was much easier. It, it took away the part of the process that he didn't really need to learn and focus on the part that he did need to learn. You know, we were working on getting the letters in the right order. We weren't necessarily working on associating the sound with the letter. I mean, that sounds like, well, didn't he learn that when he was five? But he's dyslexic. It, it's, it's not that way. He had to do this. It took him a long time to get all that stuff down. I think we actually fail pretty often in teaching writing because we don't break it down in that way. We expect kids to write, and we don't consider that we're asking them to have neat handwriting, remember all of their letters and sounds, be able to put it together into blends, like what we talked about before with recognizing that every syllable needs a vowel. We're actually asking them to group a lot of skills into one word, one single word that they're writing down. It's overwhelming. Yeah, and, and kids that have a language brain, 
it comes through and it's easy. But if your brain isn't wired for language, and this is something that is from birth and you can't, you can't change it. You can learn and you can adapt and you can become better at it. But, but the way your brain is wired is the way your brain is wired. And so kids who aren't wired for language are not able to put those things together immediately all at once in the same way. And and yet we tend to expect all kids to be the same. Like, like somehow that when you're eight, you must be able to do this. And if you can't, you're stupid. That's a mistake that we make in education. I think when you learn to really break down the process, then you can help your kids get past those things. They master it. And it's not like they're going to be using magnet letters when they're 20. It's just the tool that's getting them to the place that they can write it on well, their and, own. And what happened with my, my son who used the magnet letters so much, he decided on his own when he was done. You know, I didn't tell him, okay, those are too babyish, babyish for you. We're moving on. He, When he was about like halfway through last year, when he was 12, he just went, okay, I'm kind of done with this. And he started writing instead and just the way mm-hmm. his older brothers were doing. But I waited until he was ready for that. I didn't worry about it. I didn't feel like, oh, you're you're not keeping up with your peers. I just didn't care. And so he was able to do it at his pace. And he naturally transitioned when he was ready to. Yeah. When you can break down the writing process completely into its different parts and really see how many skills are going into it, that's when kids can grow because you're not forcing it all at once. So manipulatives are really, really helpful to help break that down. They also are helpful, I think, just because they add interest to something that is intrinsically boring. You know, spelling is intrinsically boring, practicing spelling words. And so you're adding interest and making it more fun. Some of the manipulatives are things like one of the activities is a salt box. So you take like one of those plastic pencil boxes and you fill it with salt and then your kids trace the words in the salt. And then you just erase it by, by scrubbing your hand over it or shaking the box. Yeah. Yeah. That is very similar to writing with a pen or pencil. They're having to form the letters in that one, but it's not as difficult. It's not as permanent. It's not as scary if they make a mistake. It breaks yeah. some of that down. The motor skill is uh, is different. It's easier than writing with a pencil, writing mm-hmm. with your finger is. And it's a little bit fun. Yeah. And the other it's thing, a change of pace. Yeah, yeah. The other thing that it does is it involves the actual physicality that is a different part of your brain. It just, yeah. for those kids that tend to be more physical, you know, the rough and tumble kid who wants to build blocks and, you know, play with a ball and all of that, the salt box can help with just that physicality part. Even though it's a much more gentle motion than the ball or the blocks or yeah. any of that, it's more adapted to their style. Yeah, it uses their brain wiring instead of fighting against it yeah on the other hand you're going to have the natural speller who goes what's the point of these magnet letters in a salt box what are we doing here you yeah. know why waste my time yeah. yeah it's not going to be for everyone so there's a huge variety of activities and word work that are tailored to lots of different learning styles and you're going to figure out the ones that fit with your kids as you try it and your kids will grow out of some of them the kid who loved the salt box will eventually grow out of it and not want to do it anymore. they're supposed to grow out yeah of it. yeah so the the first section we mentioned was the written activities. The second section was the manipulative activities, kind of like the spelling toys. And the third one is the physical and verbal activities. These are kind of like I mentioned with the salt box. They're going to be for the more active learners. 
Um, some examples of that are beanbag spelling. We keep beanbags in our schoolroom, and all of my kids do beanbag spelling. It's where they have a partner and they throw a beanbag back and forth as they spell their words out loud. So, like, throw the beanbag to Elizabeth. Elizabeth says B. Throw the beanbag to Issa. She says A. Throw the beanbag to Elizabeth and she says G, like that? Well, I have them do it so one kid has to spell out loud the whole time, but they have oh, a partner okay. who's holding, you know, okay, throwing the beanbag throw with it. them. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then the next time, it's Isabel's turn. You know, if Elizabeth spelled the first word, then it's Isabel's turn and she spells while they throw it back and forth. But there's one speller, but two beanbag tossers. Okay. Yeah. That makes um, sense. Believe it or not, this is one of the more difficult activities for me. <laughs> you know, actually, I was thinking that. I was thinking for those good spellers, this These is actually like an extra challenge. It's harder yep. than just writing it on a piece of paper. I can write and spell almost anything. But if you ask me to spell it out loud, I have to pause and go, whoa. Oh, okay, yeah. And, hold and, on. And ask me to spell it backwards. I'm sunk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to challenge your natural spellers choose something from the physical and verbal section and they will probably struggle a little bit. That's and, good though. It's, it's a good it struggle good for them. And, and it, it, it's help. It's making them work on those neural pathways that aren't their natural ones. Yep. Just the way that you're forcing those, you know, natural hands-on people to have to do written work. Now you're forcing your natural written work people to have to do hands-on stuff. So, yep. It, it's amazing <laughs> to watch, but it was also amazing for me to watch this actually, Word work started because of my oldest son, who is really, really smart and really, really hands-on, but struggled with spelling. He didn't even struggle with writing necessarily as much as he struggled just with spelling. And I couldn't figure out how to help him. I tried every program. You know, I bought all the programs and nothing was working. And then I was talking to a homeschool mom and she said, you know what worked for my son? A balance board. And I was like, a balance board? What are How you, does that help with spelling? Yeah, yeah, what are you talking about? And she said, it helps with my son because he's really physical. And when he's focused on physical things, he can memorize things that he can't otherwise. And she was merely talking about the memorization of, you know, a spelling word. Like, in the same way that you would memorize math facts. She said, if I have my kid, her, her son was Ben. If I have Ben stand on a balance board, he can memorize anything. But if I have him stand on the ground or sit on a chair, he can't memorize anything. And I was like, well, it's worth a shot. I bought every <laughs> spelling program and I bought a balance board. And it was the same way for my oldest. Like Tyler could just all of a sudden remember how to spell words when he was doing it on a balance board. The human brain is fascinating. He, he needed to have the challenge of balancing while he was memorizing it, like engaged his brain somehow. And yeah. it just worked. Yeah. I don't know why it works or how it works, but I have watched my children and they really are wired differently. Their neural pathways are different from mm -hmm. mine. It's not the same. They do not learn the same way I do. They do not remember things the same way I do. And that's actually been a challenge for me because, again, all of my kids are boys and they all take after their father much more in terms of the way their brains are, except my oldest. Yeah. His brain is more like mine. But... The others are, are much more like their father. And I'm like, this is so hard for me to teach people that don't think the way I do because I've had to break things down. Like, okay, wait a minute. What does actually go into learning a spelling word? I've had to break this down in ways that I didn't have to when I was learning it myself. You didn't even think about it. No. You just did it. So this is my question for you. 
your husband, Cameron, do you ever just want to say, you come teach the kids. They're your brain. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yes. But it would be a disaster because, because he's this physical hands-on person, and he's like, who even cares? <laughs> like, he's like, give me an engine to work on. <laughs> he teaches them how to work on engines. You teach them how to spell. Yeah, it works. Yeah, it, it works. works. <laughs> but, but going back to this balance board, it really did teach me to think of it differently. I started to see my kids individually and go, okay, maybe I should be working on the balance board too, because that is the biggest struggle for me. Like spelling out loud on a balance board. I don't even know if I can stand on the balance board, much less spell with it, even though I'm a natural speller. So I was making Tyler do the written activities as well as doing the balance board, which actually taught him the words and then enabled him to do the written activities. At the same time, I would have his little sister, Elizabeth, who is a natural writer and a natural speller. I would make her do the written work, which was easy, and then make her go on the balance board, which was hard. And they both had their hard and their easy, but I made them do it all of the ways. And when they had to do the thing that came naturally to them and the thing that was a struggle together, it taught them to be great spellers. And I went, wow, I might be onto something here. This might be working. (laughs) And I shared the idea with lots of families and it was working for their kids. And so it kind of became a part of word work that I, I said, we need some written activities and some manipulative activities and some physical and verbal activities. And so that's, that's kind of the the logic behind it. And that's actually the core of word work. A lot of people think a spelling program, the core is the word list. For us, that's not the core. The core is the method by which spelling is taught. The word lists are less important. The word lists are merely there to help the mom. But in reality, your word list can come from anywhere. A lot of words get added to my kids' word list because I see in their writing that they misspelled something. And I go, oh, that's a word that you're using a lot. Let's teach you to spell it. Let's make sure that you know this word because clearly you're writing about it. We also add to our word lists. For example, if we're doing a unit on, you know, like right now we're learning about the expanding nation, meaning as the United States was growing, you know, manifest destiny, going from ocean to ocean and pioneers and all of that. So I would say, we're going to be writing about this a lot. Let's teach you how to spell Louisiana purchase. Yeah. (laughs) You know, they're going to be learning those words that we're using. So Within word work, you will see word lists. You can absolutely use those exclusively, but you should also recognize that whatever your kids are writing about, that could be a valuable place to get words for them to learn to spell. And again, if you have a spelling program that you love their word list for whatever reason, go ahead and use that and combine it with the word work activities. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. And you will most likely get some of your favorite activities from word work. My kids have their favorites. Some days I say, hey, we're doing red and blue spelling or we're doing balance board spelling. Other days I say, guys, choose a spelling activity and they get to pick so whatever Karen, they want. You have a, a spelling basket. We you do. talk about your spelling basket? Well, because so many things require the manipulatives or things, you know, I just keep a basket. It's it's just kind of in the corner of our schoolroom, and it has the bean bags and it has jump ropes and it has the balance board. It has the salt box. It has all of those things in it so that at any given time that my kids need to do a spelling activity, they have whatever they need and they can go over to the basket and just choose an activity. So you can just keep the things that are your family favorites. Yeah. You don't have to have manipulatives for every single thing that's in the word work program. 
you'll find your favorites. And yeah, and some of those have changed. Like we mentioned the magnet letters. That was absolutely part of the basket for many years. My kids are older than that now. They're not using those. We actually gave them to a cute little homeschool family in our community who's just getting their start. So, you know, it just depends on where you're at in your homeschool and what your kids enjoy with the word work activities. But it is helpful to have them right on hand because, honestly, if you get to word work and you go, oh, jump rope spelling, that sounds so fun, but we don't have jump ropes. You know, you're not going to do it. Yeah. Or can you go find the jump ropes and dig them out of the garage somewhere? I mean, it. it yeah, yeah, you're not going to do it. We have them in the basket in our schoolroom. And, yes, yeah, sometimes the kids go outside and do it, but they also just do it right here in the house. They jump rope and practice their words and, <laughs> and whatever. Bags. Yeah. It's, we just have them right there, and they get to, to choose. I often tell my kids, hey, while we're working on these words, I want you to choose at least one written activity, one manipulative activity, and one from the physical and verbal category. That way they're practicing all of their brain, you know. So let's talk about what an individual spelling lesson looks like. And then let's talk about how your kids or how both of our kids, both of our sets of kids, progress through the spelling lists. Or, you know, when do you add a new word? When do words come off the list? That okay. kind of thing. So let's start with with what does a spelling lesson look like? Okay, well, at the very beginning of the year, I'm just going to start with wherever we left off. Like, I'll grab a list out of the word work printables, right? And so they get the next list. You know, wherever we ended the last year, we're going to pick up there. And it's kind of chronological. It starts with the most basic words and then gets harder and harder and harder. Those word work lists are comprised of lists that are in keeping with certain spelling rules. Like, for example, if you had E makes the vowel say its own name, you know, that basic yeah. rule, then the list would involve 10 words that Use include that, that rule. rule. Yeah. It's to help kids not just learn an individual word, but hey, if you learn the spelling rule, it can apply to lots of words. That's the concept. And then every few lists, you'll also see a list that's just common words. And those are from the list of most commonly used words in the English language. Fry was a man who made it. He made Fry's word lists. And he just looked at actually the very most common words that are used throughout literature, throughout everything in our language, and compiled those lists. And they're valuable because words that are commonly used are going to come up in your kids' writing a lot. And so it's just good to have on hand. So you'll see both of those types of lists. You'll see the, hey, this is a spelling rule. And then you'll see these are just common words. You're going to select a spot in the program where you're starting with, that you think, oh, this is about where my kiddo is. And, and just you can, start you, them that, out with a list. That can be a little trial and error, too. It's okay to go, okay, we just did spelling today, but all of those were way too easy. And so we're going we're gonna to bump up a few levels or whatever. Yeah, know? it's not that uncommon. I mean, just this week, I gave my daughter a list. And she spelled everyone right the first time. She has not done this word list before, but she got every single word right. So I said, awesome, let's go on. And she yeah. started with the next yeah. one. That's I, I do that with my kids too. If they if they know a word, and I usually do just at the beginning, just read the word and see if they already know how to spell it. Yep. That's and if they already do. know how to spell it, it moves off the list. Yep. We don't keep practicing it. Now, if I give them a spelling list that's for a specific spelling rule, and they get half of them right and get half of them wrong... Then I'll say, yeah, let's do this list. Even the ones that they get right, sometimes I'll keep on the list just so that they're not, you know, 
it's kind of confidence building when you go, okay, I know a lot of these. I just have some to learn, you know? Yeah. Instead of, I don't know any of them. But, I have but to if learn it's all. ridiculously easy and they know them, why would you spend a week? You don't need to. Yeah. They already know those words. Well, and if it's too hard, sometimes my kids will have a word or a list that is too hard and I'll be like, okay, we're setting that aside or okay, we're going to back up or, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't make them necessarily master every single word, no matter what. If it's a word that is just tough, I'll eventually let them, okay, we'll come back to that later. You know, we'll do it in three months or we'll do it next year. My word work lists actually have writing all over them. I check off ones that my kids have totally mastered. So I'm like, we don't need to go to that. Pretty often we're using a variety of lists. It's like, okay, you need these few from this spelling rule and these few from this spelling rule that we're working on. Or let's add in a couple from the unit. Hey, you misspelled this three times in your writing. Let's add this one on. Yeah. It doesn't have to be 10 words or 20 words. You know, it's whatever we're working on at the time. It's not necessarily Monday to Friday. It can be if that's how you want to organize it. But in general, I look at it and go, you know what? I think you're ready. I think you've got these. You've got it down. Let's let's check them off and go on to some new words. Sometimes they check them off in a day or two. Sometimes it takes two weeks. So you'll have your kids, you just run through all the words and see what they can spell and what they can't spell. Yep. Kind of develop a list. The things that they can't spell will go onto their list. And those are the things that you will then do with manipulatives throughout the rest of the week or, or the next few days or whatever. Yep. Again, if they had like a half and half list, I might say, let's just do the whole list. And they do the activities for all of them. It kind of depends on my kiddo and, and where they're at and how much they need to work on. My lists are evolving lists. I don't I don't just use okay, this a is list. a list. Yeah. Instead instead I will say, Okay, you've you've passed off three of the words on this list, so we're just gonna keep doing this list. But then when they've gotten down to where they've passed off, you know, eight out of the ten, then I will start adding on words from the next list. But we'll still keep practicing yeah. those last two. You know what I mean? Like we'll just cycle through it. That's what we, we do keep, too. We keep it flowing instead of When I say that we might keep words on that they've passed, what I mean is if we're learning a specific spelling rule, then it helps them to repeat, like, look how the spelling rule applied here and here and here and here, you know, so that would be the only situation that I would say, okay, keep working on these words, even though you know them. And that's only for like a day or two, you know, as they're learning the rule. But in general, yeah, it's ever evolving. They're always cycling through and moving through the word lists They're basically just learning new words. You're not ever going to get to all of the words in the English language. It's not possible. So what you're doing is let's learn the words that we're using that will be valuable. And so wherever those come from, whether it's the word work lists, your unit lists, anything, just keep your kids progressing through those word lists. Keep them doing the written activities, the manipulative and the physical and verbal so that they're really mastering it with all the parts of their brain. And then it just gets to keep evolving as they learn the lists. Okay, so once your kids have gotten their basic mastery of the spelling, in other words, you're finished with spelling with your child. Like they're good spellers. They're good they're spellers. Good. They're decent yeah. spellers now. And and you're like, okay, whatever else you don't know, we're going to let spell check take care of that. <laughs> then Then how do you transition into vocab or do you do them at the same time or how do you do it? It's kind of dependent on my kids, but in general, I don't like word work to take a huge percentage of our day. So I kind of say, okay, you've got, you're a good speller and then let's work on vocabulary and the word roots that are part of the word work program are very much based on 
most commonly used routes there. I did look at the things that are involved in the ACT and SAT test, things like that. I, when I developed the lists, I kind of specifically college prep. Yeah. That- co- college prep. Even advanced writing, yeah, advanced those reading. those kinds of things. Yeah. We, we're looking for, hey, what are the word roots that will help you when you see a word to kind of understand the meaning, even if you've never seen that word? Because the same roots come up over and over again, and you can go, oh, I don't know what rhinoplasty is, but I know that rhino means nose. You know, yeah, it's those things that are commonly used that will help build your vocabulary. And then the same thing with the word lists that are just the big vocabulary words. Those are mostly SAT, ACT type words that, you know, high school and college courses are looking for. They're the entrance exams for college used in the United States. Yeah. And you'll come across a lot of those words within college courses too, which is why they're on the SAT test, you know, Yeah. because it's kind of the, the bigger words that kids are expected to know. So especially your college focused kids should go on to the vocabulary um, part of word work. So you don't generally do both together. Generally, I don't, I say that, but with my older two, I actually did. We did. Well, and vocab words, they have to learn to spell them too. Yes. So, that's kind of what we did. We transitioned them to the big words list, you know, the vocabulary type things. But then they did some of the activities to also learn to spell them and things. So their younger siblings might be working on, you know, beanbag spelling with little, their little word work lists. And at the same time, the older kids were focused on the bigger, more college prep type words. And they're less into the beanbags and stuff at that point in time. Let's get real. They're yeah, they're, they're ready to just, they're I'm just going to write the words and learn them. Like, you know? mom, this is stupid now. Yeah. <laughs> so. Although I will say, I still made my big kids like, hey, he needs a partner. Go throw the beanbag with him. Yeah, <laughs> no. yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I, we still had a family school, but as the kids get older, they do kind of graduate into the more, you know, written, bigger words type stuff. And so you'll see those lists in word work too. The, the more high school level stuff comes in the vocabulary part of word work. Okay, now my kids, like I have mentioned, they really struggle with spelling. So I actually haven't, we study Latin, okay? We, we actually learn Latin together. So I feel like that's kind of doing our word roots right there. And and so I don't do word roots and I don't do vocabulary with them. I have my high schoolers do spelling all the way through because they're such bad spellers. And I feel like they need that extra four years to get more of those basic vocab. It really depends on the kid. Yeah. It's you know, it would have been ridiculous for you and I to do spelling lists in high school. Yeah, that it would. And have honestly, been. most of my vocabulary came from reading too. I didn't study a lot of words individually because we were such voracious readers that most of my spelling and vocab came very naturally through reading. Yeah. But not all kids are like that. I would venture to say most kids aren't like that. So you need to kind of tailor it to your kid and figure out what they need. But word work is a really, really easy way to do that because it provides the basic structure of the lists just so that you don't have to go and figure them out on your own. Yeah. And then it provides a ton of different activities that suit a lot of different learning styles. And that's kind of the idea of the program is just, hey, you get to tailor it to your kid. Here's your idea book. How about all of their word work work, like all that write, writing down 
um, of lists or all the printable activities? Do you keep those? Do you not keep those? How do you do it, Karen? I have them added to the word work section of their writer's workshop notebook, mostly because that's just where they know it goes. But that fills up really fast because we do at least a couple of, you know, written practice things a week. Yeah. And so that's just a lot of paper. <laughs> we just, it adds to their notebook and fills it up quickly. And so when that's getting full, that is the fastest thing to toss. We just go, okay, clear so that out of the notebook. You don't really need to keep it at all. You don't need but, to. But if you are keeping it, just put it in your writer's workshop notebook or... My kids like having a spiral binder for their spelling, and we just use that a lot of times. Yeah, you can do it, however. But one of the things that I do keep, that whole master list of words that I told you I'm just always writing on and, you know, checking things off, that I keep with my, like, yeah, teacher's that's yours. in my planner. Yeah. yeah. And so each kid has their name on that list, and it's the list that they're working through. And as they master them, they're getting checked off, and I can see what words they've you know, mastered. And that kind of goes from year to year. Even if we don't finish the level for the year, we just pick up the next year wherever we left off. You know, if, even if my kids learn certain words, I will kind of highlight them or mark them so I know to go back and practice them again. Like the tricky ones, like there, there, and there. Mm -hmm. The ones that are difficult that people get confused on a lot. If I've noticed that, okay, they got it, but they're still shaky. I'm going to come back and practice it again the next year. Yeah. And those things also, when my kids struggle with with words like that, that, oh yeah, you did it, but I don't know if you really, really internalized this. That can also be a mini lesson. Yeah. You know, mini lessons don't have to be only what's in the sidebar of the unit you're using. If you see something that your kids are struggling with, make a note in your planner and say, hey, next week we're going to review that. Or in a month, we're going to review that and see if they still remember it. So I'm constantly writing myself notes with Writer's Workshop because I notice what my kids are doing. I notice what they need. And we can kind of reinforce those things again and again. I like adding to my spelling lists for my kids too. Either what they're what they've struggled with in their writing or things from the layers of learning curriculum or holiday words like do you know how to spell Christmas? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, during the holidays they're going to be writing about the holidays. So that's kinda like the unit words. You go, Hey, this is what we're writing about right now. So let's make sure that you have the words down that you want to write yeah. about. So and it's not can, a struggle. And it doesn't have to be a complete list. You can just tack on a few words that you to the already the spelling list you're already working on. You know, you don't have to make an entirely new list all the time. Yeah. Just tack on a word or two or three or four. I will say this. If you're just barely starting word work and you've never done it before and you're not, you know, we've been homeschooling forever, Michelle. So for us, it's really different. It's easy for you and I to say, just flow with it and just make it work. <laughs> we already have kids who have gone on, graduated from our homeschool successfully. They're done. We, we're we done not, this over and over and over with new kids. We're yeah. way more relaxed than I was when I was a new homeschool mom and yeah. going, I need to see how this program works. And I need to, you know, that's true. So we're giving this advice from this different perspective, but I'm just going to rewind time for a minute be the homeschool mom that I was a long time ago when I just had little kids. And I will tell you that you can do the same thing combining what you had in elementary school with word work. And this is how it would look. On Monday, you will give them the list of words and it will be a pretest. And then on Tuesday, you will choose a written activity. And then on Wednesday, you will choose a manipulative activity. And then on Thursday, you will choose a physical and verbal activity, you know, right out of the word work packet. And then on Friday, you will give them a test and see how they did. 
Yeah. You know, and then on Monday you start a new list. You know, you can absolutely do that. If I were a brand new homeschool mom with really young kids, I can almost guarantee that that's what word work would look like in my homeschool. It's organized. My head can wrap around it. I know what I'm checking off. You know, that's probably realistically what I would be doing. I've grown beyond that now. I don't need that kind of structure now, but I want you to know that that kind of structure is absolutely okay. You're going to have to fit what works with you. I would guess that a few years down the road when you're doing word work, it will look a little bit different and you'll be a little more loosey-goosey like Michelle and I are describing. (laughs) But to start out and to teach your kids the process and to help them know the different spelling activities and learn what they're doing. They will get their favorites and it will change. You won't always be even using the word work booklet anymore because you'll learn what works in the program for you. But start out that way. Have the structure. Teach your kids how word work works. Have it become part of your homeschool day and then let it evolve and grow and become, you know, more fluid and relaxed as your family grows into it. Is that how you see it happening, Michelle? Like, Yeah, absolutely. And I was more structured in every single thing, every way I taught when my kids were younger because I was still learning how to do it too. Yeah. It's like anything that you master. After a while, you stop having to think about the minutiae and yeah. you can just focus on, you know, what's working right now at this moment. You can focus on the creative process or the the overall big picture. But when you're first starting out, you have to focus on the little bits and the parts and putting things in order and organizing it. And so it makes a lot of sense to just have a very structured way of doing it at the beginning and not, don't worry about, well, I'm going to grow into this. Just do what you're doing right now. Yep. It will naturally happen. It will naturally happen. You don't have to make it happen. When I make a recipe for the first time, I meticulously read the recipe card. I get out every ingredient ahead of time and I'm very careful By the time I've made it a few times, I don't even look at the recipe. I just go, I know how to do this. A few more times, and I'm like, I should add this in. I should try this. (laughs) And and it changes. And word work will be the same. Start out with the basic recipe, and then try some new things. Let it grow with your family. And it is amazing to watch how pretty soon your kids will take these words, and they will just become the tools for their writing. We talked about how you have to break down the writing process. Once they have a pretty good mastery of words and spelling rules, it's no longer as hard for them as they're writing because they know the word. They don't have to think about it anymore. They already learned that word. And so it becomes natural and it will help your kids to become more natural writers who enjoy writing instead of having it be a hardship. So that's what word work is about. Just teaching them the tools that will help them to become happy writers in the long run. Thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating wherever you listen. Ratings and comments help people find happy family style homeschooling. Visit us at layersoflearning.com, at Instagram, and on our Facebook group. And make sure to tune in next month for the next podcast. In the meantime, we wish you happiness in your homeschool. Have fun learning! learning.